Father, we thank you for the privilege of coming before you tonight. We bless your name for your goodness and your loving kindness and your tender mercies towards us. We thank you for the refreshing that comes from your presence. Thank you for your anointing that's upon your word and upon us. We prepare our hearts to receive the engrafted word that is able to bring change into us. And so, Father, we thank you. We honor you now. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may take your seats, please. Praise God. So let me just dive in, and uh, I'm going to try to finish what I started on Sunday morning. <clears throat> I go into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, in the Amplified Classic. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 16. Praise God. Thank you. So it says, For who has known and understood the mind, the counsels, and purposes of the Lord? so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, and purposes of his heart. As I said on Sunday morning, the biblical definition for the mind of Christ is what we're looking at right now. And it's simply holding the thoughts feelings, and purposes of God's heart. Now, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so, so powerful that it not only changed our spirit, but it also changed our minds. This is why the resurrection is such a powerful phenomenon. Now, for a long, long, long time, we've been taught and we believe that the resurrection or the born-again experience affected our spirits, but that our minds are not changed. So we've been taught that our spirit was saved, but our mind was not. And, but as we look closer into, into the scriptures, we see that that's not really uh, the case. So let, let's go tonight to some scriptures to help us unpack this. And tomorrow night, I'm going to get into some very uh, practical things. But right now, we just need to lay that foundation so we understand exactly what we're talking about when we talk about having the mind of Christ. Uh, so, under the law, 
We understand certain things. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, please. You can give that to me in the NLT, New Living Translation. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 65 through 67. Under the law, we understood that the covenant that God cut with Israel under Moses was a performance-based covenant where the Bible declares that if the Israelites did certain things, then God would respond and do certain things. And if they did not do certain things, that God would also uh, reprimand or punish them for that. So when you read that entire chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, it, it begins by telling us the blessings of obedience, and then it continues by telling us the curses on the basis of disobedience. Now, this is very, very important that we understand this because uh, this helped me in understanding this whole concept. So as you look at those curses, uh, I'm going to just pick it up from verse 65 because we really, know, we really don't want to know about the curses. <laughs> we just want to establish some basis for what we're teaching. So verse 65, there among those nations you will find no peace or place of rest. Now, this is part of the curse, okay? Honor the law. And the law will cause your heart to tremble, your eyesight to fail, and your soul to despair. Is that good news? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Verse 66, your life will constantly hang in the balance. You will live night and day in fear, Unsure if you will survive. One last verse, 67. In the morning you will say, if only it were night. And in the evening you will say, if only it were morning. For you will be terrified by the awful horrors you see around you. Now, I didn't read all the courses because we, know, we don't want to be concerned about the courses. But I just read that portion to show us what was available under the law. Now, this is the point. What did the Bible tell us in Galatians chapter 3? The Bible tells us in Galatians 3, 14, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Yeah. Now, what I just read in verses 65 through 67 of Deuteronomy 28, all of those things in those three verses have to do with our mind. Fear, dread, despair, Distress, depression. Amen? Well, are you guys here? Yes. I, I, I said, anybody, I didn't hear anything else. <laughs> I, I know I'm not in the mosque, so. <laughs> so in Galatians chapter 3, let, let me read that. Galatians chapter 3. Amen. Verse 13, actually, 3.13. Galatians 3.13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. No, so now, if Christ rescued us from the curses that are pronounced in the law, did he rescue us from despair? Yes. Did he rescue us from fear? Yes. Did he rescue us from anguish? All the things we just read in those three verses of Deuteronomy 28, 65, verses 65 through 66, all of them 
were included in the curse for which we have not been redeemed. But the challenge is, if we did not know that, yeah. and many of, us under, many of us will remember this, I mean, there were times, there were not times, there was a time, a season, when the body of Christ did not know anything about healing. Mm -hmm. There was a time when the body of Christ did not know anything about prosperity. I remember I've preached in some places in, uh, in Africa where they, they told us we shouldn't even mention money at all. Years, years, years ago. Because the revelation of, God, of, of, of the word of God in the area of prosperity and finance was, for some reason, not readily available. And for that season, as long as we did not have that revelation or teach that revelation or preach that revelation, we were content to be broke, poor, and lacking. So much so, there's a coinage, they say you are poor as a church mouse. And that was just a common adage. Everybody accepted that because something, there was something, I mean, back in those SU days, there was something associated with poverty and the church that they, they went together. So what we're saying is there needs to be an awakening in all of us yes. concerning what Jesus accomplished at the cross. That's right, yeah. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But he didn't stop there. The next sentence says, because you've rejected knowledge, then certain things will happen. So, so this is the point. First, we need to know. Secondly, we need to believe what we know. Amen? Mm -hmm. So let, let, let's move on. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, go with me to Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18. You can give this to me in the NKJV. That will be fine. Luke 4, 18. So it is... Very, very important that we embrace the truth of God's word, that we have the mind of Christ. Notice it didn't say we are going to get it. That 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, but you have the mind of Christ. It's not that you're going to acquire it. You already have it. I need to know about it. I need to believe it. And I need to know how to activate it. Those are the three critical things. But from tomorrow night, we're going to start getting on certain things because you need to know that every negative thought that comes to your mind does not belong to you. We're going to unpack that tomorrow night. But if we don't know that, certain things come through your mind and you think, oh, wow, this is... No, it's not so. Science has proven, and this... this it made it clear that I, Jesus Christ in the flesh... I can of my own self do nothing. But what I see of my father, that's what I do. That's why what we said yesterday is so important in that Hebrews 8, 10, 11, and 12. First thing listed in Romans, rather, Hebrews 8, 10, is the fact that the laws of, the, the laws of God are in our mind. Verse 11, the fact that we have access and opportunity to know God. Because if we don't know him, you will not be able to know what he's saying and doing. Huge. I mean, when I, when I think of those three basic areas of the new covenant, again, it just blows me away because in, we, we all understand that the new covenant gives us forgiveness of sins. But from God's perspective, looking at us, the first important thing he said to us is, I'm going to put my loss in your, in your mind. And then I'm going to give you access so you can know me. And of course, you have forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. So what seems to be so big to us 
is what God listed last. Forgiveness of sins. What we think, oh man, my sins are forgiven. Yeah, it's important. It's essential. But in the order of things, when it comes to living out on, and, and walking at our faith, God listed that last. Now, that does not make it less important. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, in, as far as outworking our faith, having the mind of Christ is critically important. Because that's where the battle takes place for the most part. Give me 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In the Amplified Classic. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Thank you, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, craving and cringing and fun and fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. In the New King James says that God has not given us this rule of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So what does a sound mind mean? It means a mind that is calm, well-balanced, and disciplined and self-control. That's what it means. Amen? In Jesus' name, I'm praying that we will get this. I pray that we will not allow the culture around us or the circumstances around us or the things that we face to determine and to be the thermostat that sets our life. Amen. Give me Proverbs 4.23 in the Good News Translation, (laughs) GNT. (laughs) Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Yeah. A well-balanced mind, which is really the fruit of the Spirit. Look at what it says. Be careful how you think. Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Kai. Your life is shaped. Listen. On those days when I feel those pains and pinches, and that fear comes in, the rest of my day is, is, is controlled by that fear. Easily. Oh, have I taken aspirin today? I, I, did I take my cholesterol medicine? Yeah. The whole, everything just, you're just thinking, oh, one more, one more pain, you may be in the grave. And your entire day, <laughs> I lay down in bed to sleep and said, man, the enemy said, if you, when you sleep tonight, you're not waking up. <laughs> These things are very real, I'm telling you. These voices are real. Yeah. And so you're doing all, all kinds of things to just say, man, okay, what, what do I need to do? Amen. What? Your thought. It's shaped by our lives. Your thoughts shape your life. Um, I think the NKJV says it like this. Uh, no. Give me the NKJV. Same verse, same chapter. Yeah. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. 
Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Because in my case, I had a heart surgery. This scripture came to life. I'm out of the hospital, I'm home, I'm recovering, but because my heart has been tampered with, it affected everything. I'm talking now in the natural. I could not take a shower. I could not put on my shirt. I could not put on my pants. Nothing's wrong with my hand. Nothing's wrong with my legs. But my heart has been, I, I had no strength to do anything. Yes. None. So I'm saying to myself, yeah. Out of this life, spring the issues of life. Out of this heart, issues of, issues of life. So what I'm, the, the correlation I'm trying to make is, if our mind, if we do not embrace the mindset, the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. If you don't embrace that, and you're operating on your own, based on what you think you know, you're always going to be in a deficit. And you open the door on the room for the enemy to really, really wreak havoc. The good news is, Jesus paid the price. And he has given us his mind. We have it. So they started the best life for all of this week, all of this teaching is knowing what you have and believing it. Amen. Knowing that you have the mind of Christ and believing it. And then in the days to come, we're going to begin to acquire how to walk in that truth. But this is the starting point. Because the next question I want to ask us is, if this is true, that we in fact have the mind of Christ, why do so many Christians struggle with fearful thoughts, addictions, depression, stress. If our minds were made new, then why do some of us struggle with anxiety and fear? And please, let me, let me, let me make sure, let me be clear, I say this. I'm not trivializing any kind of anxiety or depression or the things we go through. No, 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 no. This is not to trivialize that. These are serious issues that the church has not paid any attention to in the past. They're very serious issues. But at the same time, if in fact we have the mind of Christ, as a born again believer, why do some of us still struggle with them? With these issues I just mentioned. Why? Why in Hanoi? At the rehab center, where those guys were, they've, they've, they are, they are, they are, their heads, they're stoned out. I mean, those, those guys are in that rehab center, I mean, uh, they've been on meth and cocaine, hard drugs for years. In fact, the pastor that was with us there himself was an actor for 10 years. That's, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. But the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit set them all free. That's right. With no medication. We saw them with our own eyes. Amen. No drugs. Totally, completely set free. This validates the point we're making. But the question I asked is, why do we struggle with these things? I mean, all of us at some point in time have been in fear. You get a mail, a letter in the mail, 
Bills are due. There's no money. Afraid. They're going to process this. Or you go to see the doctor for a routine checkup, and he tells you X, Y, Z, some bad news. Fear grips you. Or it could be fear over a child, a relative. All of us have had to deal with this at some point or the other. But I know that God has an answer for it. Amen. Because Jesus is the pattern son. They brought news to him of Lazarus. Was he fearful? No. When he said it was time to pay taxes, he was not counting the pause. He didn't have an ATM card. But he was not afraid. And so God is not going to give us any less than Jesus did. Because Jesus came as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. The difference is, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. To answer the question I asked, why? Why do we struggle with certain things? Hosea chapter, chapter 4 verse 6. Give that to me in any transition you want. <laughs> any transition you want. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Why do we struggle? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Full stop. Full stop. What you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. But that's not the end of the, that passage. It's because you have rejected knowledge. So we have two things here. Number one, we don't know. We don't know. But number two, some of us know, and we're still saying, no, it's not true. Yeah. We're still fighting what God has said. Forgetting that we are supernatural entities. When we look at the things we have to deal with, yes, I can understand how you can say, man, it's just not, it's not possible. Listen, I, I knew a woman who, who had a daughter who was homeless, in fact, it's a pastor. This, this woman is a pastor. Uh, the husband and wife are, are pastors. Uh, and they had a child that was homeless and on meth in California for 18 years. How many of you know 18 years is a long time? He made it clear that I, Jesus Christ in the flesh, yeah. I can of my own self do nothing. But what I see of my father, that's what I do. That's why what we said yesterday is so important in that Hebrews 8, 10, 11, and 12, First thing listed in Romans, um, rather, Hebrews 8, 10, is the fact that the laws of, the, the laws of God are in our mind. Verse 11, the fact that we have access and opportunity to know God. Because if you don't know him, you will not be able to know what he's saying and doing. Huge. I mean, when I, when I think of those three basic areas, of the new covenant again, it just blows me away because in, we, we all understand that the new covenant gives us forgiveness of sins. But from God's perspective, looking at us, the first important thing he said to us is, I'm going to put my laws in your, in your mind. And then I'm going to give you access so you can know me. And of course, you have forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. So what seems to be so big to us is what God listed last. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness, forgiveness of sins. What we think, oh man, my sins are forgiven. Yeah, it's important. It's essential. 
But in the order of things, when it comes to living out and, and, and working out our faith, God listed that last. Now, that does not make it less important. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, in, as far as outworking our faith, having the mind of Christ is critically important. Because that's where the battle takes place for the most part. Give me 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. In the Amplified Classic. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Thank you, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, cowardice, craving and cringing and fun and fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. In the New King James it says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So what does a sound mind mean? It means a mind that is calm, well-balanced, and disciplined and self-control. That's what it means. Amen? Yes. In Jesus' name, I'm praying that we will get this. Yes. I pray that we will not allow the culture around us or the circumstances around us, or the things that we face to determine and to be the thermostat that sets our life. Amen. Give me Proverbs 4.23 in the Good News Translation, <laughs> GNT. <laughs> Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23. Yeah. A well-balanced mind, which is really the fruit of the Spirit. Look at what it says. Be careful how you think. Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. God. Your life is shaped. Listen, on those days when I feel those pains some pinches, and that fear comes in, the rest of my day is, is, is controlled by that fear. Easily. Oh, have I taken aspirin today? I, I, did I take my cholesterol medicine? Yeah. The whole, everything just, you're just thinking, oh, one more, one more pain, you may be in the grave. And your entire day, <laughs> I, I lay down in bed to sleep and said, man, the enemy said, when you sleep tonight, you're not waking up. <laughs> These things are very real, I'm telling you. These voices are real. Yeah. And so you're doing all, all kinds of things to just say, man, okay, what, what do I need to do? Amen. But your thought is shaped by your life. Your thoughts shape your life. Um, I think the NKJV says it like this. Uh, no. Give me the NKJV. Same verse, same chapter. Yeah. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. Because in my case, I had a heart surgery. This scripture came to life. 
I'm out of the hospital, I'm home, I'm recovering, but because my heart has been tampered with, it affected everything. I'm talking now in the natural. I could not take a shower. I could not put on my shirt. I could not put on my pants. Nothing's wrong with my hand. Nothing's wrong with my legs. But my heart has been, I, I had no strength to do anything. None. So I'm saying to myself, yeah. Out of this life, spring the issues of life. Out of this heart, issues of, issues of life. So what I'm, the, the correlation I'm trying to make is, if our mind, if we do not embrace the mindset, the mind of Christ, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. If you don't embrace that, and you're operating on your own, based on what you think you know, you're always going to be in a deficit. And you open the door and the room for the enemy to really, really wreak havoc. The good news is, Jesus paid the price. And he has given us his mind. We have it. So they started the baseline for all of this week, all of this teaching is knowing what you have and believing it. Knowing that you have the mind of Christ and believing it. And then in the days to come, we're going to begin to acquire how to walk in that truth. But this is the starting point. Because the next question I want to ask us is, if this is true, that we in fact have the mind of Christ, why do so many Christians struggle with fearful thoughts, addictions, depression, stress, if our minds were made new, then why do some of us struggle with anxiety and fear? And please, let me, let me, let me be sure, let me be clear, I say this. I'm not trivializing any kind of anxiety or depression or the things we go through. No, 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 no. This is not to trivialize that. These are serious issues that the church has not paid any attention to in the past. They're very serious issues. But at the same time, if, in fact, we have the mind of Christ as a born-again believer, why do some of us still struggle with them, with these issues I just mentioned? Why? Why in Hanoi at the rehab center where those guys were, they've, they've, they are there. Their heads, they've, 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 they're stoned out. I mean, those, those guys are in the Harry Center. I mean, uh, they've been on meth and cocaine, hard drugs for years. In fact, the pastor that was with us there himself was an actor for 10 years. That's, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. That's a long time. But the power of God's word and the Holy Spirit set them off free. That's right. With no medication. We saw them with our own eyes. No drugs. Totally, completely set free. This validates the point we're making. But the question I asked is, why do we struggle with these things? I mean, all of us at some point in time have been in fear. You get a letter in the mail, bills are due, there's no money. Afraid. They're going to deposit this. Or you go to see the doctor for a routine checkup, 
and it tells you X, Y, Z, some bad news, fear grips you. Or it could be fear over a child, a relative. All of us have had to deal with this at some point or the other. But I know that God has an answer for it. Amen. Because Jesus is the pattern son. They brought news to him of Lazarus. Was he fearful? No. When he said it was time to pay taxes, he was not counting the pause. He didn't have an ATM card. But he, he was not afraid. And so God is not going to give us any less than Jesus did. Because Jesus came as a man filled with the Holy Spirit. The difference is, Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. To answer the question I asked, why? Why do we struggle with certain things? Hosea chapter, chapter 4 verse 6. Give that to me in any transition you want. <laughs> any transition you want. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6. Why do we struggle? My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Full stop. Full stop. What you don't know will hurt you. What you don't know will hurt you. But that's not the end of the, that passage. He said, because you have rejected knowledge. So we have two things here. Number one, we don't know. We don't know. But number two, some of us know, and we're still saying, no, it's not true. Yeah. We're still fighting what God has said. Forgetting that we are supernatural entities. When we look at the things we have to deal with, yes, I can understand how you can say, man, it's just not, it's not possible. Listen, I, I know a woman who, who had a daughter who was homeless, in fact, it's a pastor. This, this woman is a pastor. Uh, the husband and wife are, are pastors. Uh, and they had a child that was homeless and on meth in California for 18 years. How many of you know 18 years is a long time? Yeah. 18 years. And when they came hold of this revelation of what we're talking about here tonight, and they just prayed a simple prayer about having the mind of Christ and believing that that child also has the mind of Christ. By that weekend, that girl came home. Totally delivered. Yeah. We're going to get into details about it, how this has happened. We can't unpack everything one day. But I'm telling you that this thing is real. What's the mind of Christ? The feelings, the thoughts, and the purposes of God's heart. What's God's feelings towards you? He told us. Yes. I know the plans that I have for you. Plans of peace yes. and not of evil. Yes. To bring you to an expected end. What's his thoughts towards you? Zephaniah chapter 1 says, He rejoices over you with singing. What's his purpose? His purpose is that you live out your life and your days in prosperity and in pleasure while you're glorifying him. <laughs> so having the man of Christ is the feelings, thoughts, of, and, and having the feelings, thoughts, and purpose of God's heart. But the way that manifests itself is just dwelling on that. Amen? 
So the reason we struggle, the reason we go through what we go through is number one, because we lack knowledge, and number two, because we do not believe or uh, we're not established in the world. So one last scripture, and we're going to close tonight. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Give that to me in the Passion Translation. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. Who is him? Jesus. And his yes and our amen accent to God. We, no, yes, we bring him glory. Let me read that one more time. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. And as his yes and our amen are sent to God, we bring him glory. Very, very simple. This scripture is saying two things. Two things. Okay? It's saying to us that all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. And in this case, for me and you, we have a brand new mind. But in order for you to experience the manifestation of your new identity, of your new mind in Christ, you get to decide whether or not you say amen to it. Oh my goodness. All the promises are yes in him. That's his part. He's done that. My part and your part is the amen. That's where we are missing it. Thank you, Lord. Are we saying amen to having his mind? Are we saying amen to his feelings, his thoughts, and his purposes? When you read the promise of God, the word of God, are you saying amen? Yes, God, this is me. That's the punchline. Give that, give, give that same verse to me there in the... Um, NIV. Let me see what it says in NIV. Wow, that's fast. Thank you. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Oh my goodness. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen. Who, who speaks the amen? Us. Not the angels. Not Jesus. Yeah. My friends, our faith is not activated until we speak. Praise God. There's a reason where he said we have to speak it. <laughs> Your faith is not activated until you speak it. This is huge. This is very, very huge. I guess I can leave it there tonight. Uh, I, I don't want to. Verbalization is so important. It's very, very important. And we might unpack this tomorrow. So let me just leave that now for now. But what you say, how you say it, is very, very important. All the promises of God are yes. 
but the amen belongs to us. Yes. That's a very, very simple and powerful scripture. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Remember, it's all in him. It's all in Christ. It's only in Christ that we reign in this life. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us. Not by your husband, not by your wife, not by us. You've got to speak it. You have to own it. Because until you own it and speak it, you are not on record. Mm. Until you speak it, you are not on the record. That's why when you get born again, you confess with your mouth. That's why Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus says, speak to the mountain. That's why Hebrews 13, verse 9, the Bible says, because God has made a promise, we can boldly say. Yeah. It's not enough to think it in your mind, to believe in your heart, you've got to vocalize it. That's when your faith is activated. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's stand for our, stand for our faith. Let's just make a, a short confession. Short confession. Remember, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because some have rejected knowledge. Amen? So let's just say a simple prayer of confession. Please just say after me. Say, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I receive your gift of grace. I, your of grace. I, am, your I am your righteousness in Christ Jesus. In Christ. I have the mind of Christ, the feelings, the thoughts, and the purposes of your heart. And so, Father God, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is working in me and through me right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God.